0: Well, it's been a a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books. The first book is called The Booth, and it's all about having a quiet time in the presence of God every day. So many people I am meeting are in a state of stress, anxiety, even depression. This book, in just everyday language, will show you exactly how the Lord wants us to live. So I pray that this will bless you. We're doing it for no other reason, just so that you will get closer to Jesus Christ as your friend. Jesus teaches us to pray. This very morning, while reading my Bible, the Father spoke to me very expressly through the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 5 and 8. This is where Jesus says, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. When you pray, Don't babble on and on as people do sometimes. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. Your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. That is why I love God's Holy Word so much. It is straightforward, practical, and yet profound. Not only does Jesus tell us where to pray and how to pray, he also shows us practically what to pray. Not one of us can plead ignorance and say we don't know how to pray and where to pray or even what to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13, Jesus teaches us to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. as taught to us by the carpenter from Nazareth, Jesus. That is why I love him so much. It's because he is for the man in the street, ordinary people like you and me. Accordingly, we need to make our quiet time with him a priority. Prayer in Practice. Show me a man who prays a lot, and I will show you a great man of God. George Muller was just such a man. He was the founder of an amazing miracle that took place in Bristol, England. By raw faith, Muller built a children's home in which he cared for over 10,000 orphans. He established 100 and 17 schools in which 120,000 children were educated. This was without making his needs known to any man, only to God, alone in his closet. I remember reading about an incident that took place at the orphanage late one night. The matron of one of the dormitories came to see Muller and told him, We have enough coal for tonight, and then it is finished. Not showing any sign of anxiety, he thanked her for letting him know, and politely said it would be delivered in the morning. No sooner had she left than another woman came to say that in their dormitory they had just fed the children the last meal there was nothing left for breakfast. He answered as he had the first, don't worry, the food will be there in the morning. He then went to his booth and made his requests known to God. As in the past, when he prayed the prayer of faith, God answered and those thousands of children ate and were kept warm the coal and the food had miraculously arrived in the morning. When he was an old man, Muller was approached by close friends who loved him dearly, saying they would like to organize a pension scheme for him so that he would have something to fall back on later. Muller, with tears of gratitude streaming down his face, said to his concerned friends that Jesus had supplied all his needs for many years and that he had never wanted for anything. He could not accept their kind offer and hurt Jesus. He thanked them and asked them to please give the donation to someone else. Muller was an incredible man of practical faith, and I firmly believe that it grew and matured in his booth. We really need to start taking our needs to Jesus in our quiet time, not to high street where everybody can hear and see the need. I feel that our Lord would probably say, well, if you want your needs answered by man, then I'll just step back where no one else can hear or see, God will answer. Not only is He able, but more importantly, He is completely willing. I am totally convinced that time spent in the booth increases our faith in God. God-given authority. When you call those things that are not as if they were, those huge mountains start to become mere molehills. The reason is that if you focus on Jesus and not on the problem, those giants become grasshoppers, and we become giants. When we speak, we talk with authority, not only in word, but also in the tone of our voice. Even our eyes show this God-given authority. The eyes of a person are the windows to the heart. And that is why when preaching, I like to look into a person's eyes. It tells you a complete story, who they are, where they have been, and most of all, with whom they've been spending time. Remember when Moses came down from the mountain, after having spent a long time in the presence of God, He had to wear a veil over his face. The Israelites could not look into his face because of the glory of God that was evident. The Bible says that Moses' face was shining and that the Israelites could not look upon him. See Exodus chapter 34 and verses 29 through to 35. When you have been in the presence of God in your booth, you become so pumped up with enthusiasm and joy. When you then open your mouth to speak, people tend to believe what you say. When they look into your eyes, they see Jesus in you. Positivity, confidence, peace, love, this comes about by speaking with God and spending time with Him. As the Scripture says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. This cannot happen in the midst of the maddening crowd, as it were, because one very easily becomes distracted. A word from the Lord. A few weeks ago, Dita, one of my spiritual sons, brought me a prophetic word from God, during a church service. He simply said to me that the Lord says, do not be distracted. It was one of the most clear words I have ever received from God. The more the Father uses us, the easier it becomes to be busy and to worry about the cares of this world instead of focusing on Him. Men and women who have changed the face of society, the direction of the masses, are people who spend time on their own with God. Often when they come off the platform, you'll find that they are reserved by nature, some even shy and introvert. But once they get into that closet, then you see their true metal. They feel more comfortable speaking with Jesus in the quietness of their booth than they do speaking to people. Just think of John the Baptist as one example. The master said of him, Among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 11. Fighting fit. When asked to pray for people to acquire more faith, I always say I will pray that you receive a hunger for God's holy word, that it will drive you to spend more time with Jesus, which will automatically enhance your faith like nothing else. There can be no doubt that quiet time enhances our faith. During the Six-Day War, Israeli troops suffering from fatigue, from the intense fighting, would be sent back to base camp There, they would be given a hot shower and a new change of kit, then be allowed to phone home and speak to their loved ones. They would be given a substantial meal and then sent back to the frontline fighting fit. Now, that is one of the fundamental reasons why we need to get into the booth on a daily basis, to be refreshed and strengthened, and most of all, to be reassured by Father God that He has us in His care. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, and do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one, for Yours is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Chapter 4, The Power of the Word. Often we forget what an incredible tool and weapon we have in our hands. God's holy Word in print, the Bible. If Jesus Himself, God in the form of man, used the Word when He was tempted in the desert, then how much more should you and I do so? In fact, God says that He puts His Word above His name. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Mark chapter 13 and verse 31. If this is true, then why is it that we run around following mere men who have a word here and a word there from God? Instead, we should go into our booth, spend time reading God's Holy Word, and hearing from Him firsthand what we are to do. People have often asked me how I read my Bible. Well, I do not for a moment say that there is a right way and a wrong way, but there is one thing we need to be very careful of, and that is opening the Bible at random and just picking a scripture, believing God is speaking to you in this way is very dangerous indeed. I call this spiritual fortune-telling, and that is not of God. However, having said that, I need to reiterate that you cannot put God in a box. He will speak to us in any way He chooses. Remember, He can even use a donkey if He so desires. If you are honestly seeking answers from God, use your Bible and read it systematically. In other words, each morning, go into your booth, start your quiet time with reading God's Holy Bible first, and then pray afterwards. This was how George Muller used to have his quiet time. He said that when he prayed first, before reading the Word, he would have no real thought pattern and would end up praying haphazardly. But when he read his Bible first, the Holy Spirit would give him direction, and he would be able to pray specifically and with clarity, knowing God's heart in a specific situation. Muller's life was evidence of this statement, because he never asked for a penny in his life. He just believed that by faith God would meet the incredible necessities that were required. And guess what? Father God met each and every need. Something like six million pounds went through Muller's hands without him ever having to ask for money or provisions. Come ye apart. If you do not have a set way of reading your Bible, consider this method. You don't have to read it consecutively from Genesis to Revelation, but read each book from beginning to end. Say 10 to 15 verses each day. As I've said, reading it in the first person makes it more personal and real have your notebook at hand, and write down what you believe God is telling you through those specific scriptures. God's holy Bible must be the cornerstone of time spent in His presence. That is why, to be honest, I cannot believe a person can have a proper quiet time without the Bible. Some say their quiet time consists of going for a long walk in the felt, or along a beautiful stretch of sandy beach beside the ocean, the wind blowing through their hair while they admire God's beautiful creation. Doing this is just great. It is invigorating, and I often do it myself on the farm, admiring the cattle and their calves, the beautiful horses, the sunrises and sunsets. However, This is not having a quiet time before God. It's a wonderful time of meditation and reflection, of thanking the Father for His creation, but it's not taking time out to hear the still voice of God. I once read a book by the well-known author Philip Yancey, who spoke of a young woman who had won the Pulitzer Prize for writing. He described the place where she wrote, down in the basement under the house, with one solitary light, a table and chair, and four roughly finished, unplastered walls. That was it. An exciting event for her was changing a blue pen for a black one. What is the point I'm trying to make? it is this. When we want to get into the presence of God, we really want to hear from Him. We must not be distracted at all. We need to hear from God through His Holy Word. Therefore, the Bible must be our total focus at that time and nothing else. Not the clouds blowing across the sky not the waves crashing onto the sandy beaches, not the beautiful horses racing through the green fields, but God and God alone. Whenever Jesus calls me to make a major decision in my life, my family, or even the ministry, he always confirms it through scripture. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Booth.